Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. How are ya? This week has been a weird one. Honestly, I don't know. I heard something about Mercury being in retrograde. I honestly don't know what that means, but I've just been off. I don't know what it is. Like I haven't really cared about any of the of the headlines. And let's be honest, it's because a lot of them are, you know, Kardashians with Ray J, which of course we will get into Courtney's new vitamins, her boohoo. And it's just like, am I burnt out on the Kardashians? Maybe, maybe, but it's not about me. It's about you for the people by the people. So let's just go ahead and dive right into our pop three. These are the three biggest headlines of the week. We will get to Ray J in a little bit, but first let's address this rumor that started circulating earlier this week about Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox. It has been breakup season in Vanderpump Rules. I mean, we had Lala and Randall. We had James and Raquel. We had the Bubba's. And I guess now it's Tom and Ariana's turn to combat the breakup rumors. So there was a blind item submitted to Bravo and Cocktails that said, the rumors are true. These two bar stars have broken up. They're currently filming, but faking it became too much. She had tried to make things work and suggested therapy. Contrary to popular belief, he is not the domesticated partner who wanted a family. He's been in enjoying touring with his band and going out almost every night. She has been traveling with him, but he pays almost no attention to her while they are out, even leaving her at the venue to go out without her knowing it. Would you believe me if I told you that was the only, I know it's a blind item, but it could be an Instagram caption. The only Instagram caption that we're going to read today. Isn't that exciting? I know it's, it's not the same thing, but it feels like it to me. Ariana just quickly shut it down. She was like, No, she tweeted because somebody also said boots on the ground. I'm at Tom Sandoval and the most extras and Ariana's not here. And this was after this blind item came out. So Ariana replied to that on Twitter saying, I just got back from LA from Florida last night after a very devastating family emergency. I'm taking it easy and practicing self-care. We are very much together and in love. You never know what someone is going through. So this stuff is honestly quite rude given the real situation. So, I mean, Ariana's like, hey, shut up. And I'm kind of here for it. I love it when they just completely squash it. And I've mentioned this when we've talked about speculation things in the past. For example, Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell and all the baby news. Like, very easily could just be like, nope, it's not true. 
and then it would all go away. But they never do that, which to me says that they like people talking about them. But when it comes to Ariana, she is going to stand up for her relationship. So where did these rumors stem from? A couple weeks ago, Ariana shared a, some people would say cryptic. She says not cryptic uh, message on her Instagram page um, and said that so much has changed with one image that featured Tom and another that did not. So people are like, so much has changed. She's talking about her relationship status along with everybody else that's on Vanderpump rules. Um, so people obviously took that and ran with it, but she did a podcast episode on her podcast called Earth to, Earth to Ariana titled Charlotte Forever in which she discussed the loss of her dog. So not as juicy, you know, losing a dog compared to Tom and Ariana splitting up, but still very sad. And we send our T's and P's to Ariana. Coming in number two this week, a developing story. I don't know why I want to go into newscaster mode when this happens, but I do. It's like, dun, 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 dun. a developing story. Leonardo DiCaprio and Gigi Hadid say what? There are rumors flying. You know, Leo recently split from his girlfriend, Camila Maroney. And now the tabloids are flying off the shelves left and right that he has his eyes set on Gigi Hadid. Gigi Hadid has been with Zayn Malik. Gigi Hadid has been with Tyler Cameron. Will Gigi Hadid be with Leonardo DiCaprio? So the first report was by Us Weekly, and it said Leo was into her, but Gigi was not into him. <laughs> Do you think there's a world where, like, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't get girls? You know, like, who's turning him down? Gigi Hadid, apparently. But a couple days later, people then picked up the story. And it says multiple sources are now telling people that the couple have been hanging out in New York City with one insider saying they're getting to know each other, but not quite dating. So even though they're hanging out with groups of friends, another source says that Leo is definitely pursuing Gigi. Leo's been photographed out and about out on the town living laughing loving in new york city ever since he broke up with camila and Gigi, you know lives in new york city with their daughter kai who she shares with ex zane malik as i mentioned before former one directioner and now today page six is saying a source says they're going on dates so we had a little bit of a progression over the past 12 days or so to her not being interested, to hanging out in groups of friends, to now going on dates. Sources say Leo is pursuing Hadid, but the pair aren't officially dating, just getting to know each other better, taking it slow. But hey, they actually were, were first spotted out together in 2019. So it's like, are they really getting to know each other? Because I think they did know each other in 2019. <laughs> Everyone's dogging Leo about his girlfriends being 25. You know, like once once the girlfriend hits the 25-year-old mark, he gets rid of them. Well, first of all, Gigi's 27, so things are looking up. And one of one of Leo's old girlfriends, whenever the, like all the memes were circulating, was like, hey, I broke up with Leo after my 25th birthday. So I would have gotten to year 26 if he would have had it his way, but he didn't. So time will tell on that one. Your third and final headline this week, and I absolutely do not want to talk about Ray J 
Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner, but here we are. I can't control the media cycle as much as I would like to. And I was going to say 15 years later, but literally my notes say 15, um, 15 years later, we're still talking about this, but I actually love it because this is like Ray J's expose. He's done living the lie. And I got to tell you, I'm here for it. So this story, of course, we all know is 15 years old and it resurfaced again this week. It resurfaced last year because they brought it up on season one of the Kardashians on Hulu. And it came up again this week because Kris Jenner did a lie detector test on the Late Late Show with James Corden, which she indicated she had nothing to do with the release of the tape. Dun, dun, dun. Fun fact. I read this on uh, Kardashian Colloquium. Did you know that some of the same producers or at least one producer that produces the Late Late Show with James Corden also produces the Kardashians? So it's like... I mean, we all know those lie detector tests aren't real anyways, but Chris said no, obviously. And Ray J was like, stop the lying. I've had enough of this. He did a 44 minute live on Instagram where not only did he put Chris Jenner on blast, he also claimed he had all the receipts, all the receipts and contracts. Now, this is very interesting here because he showed documents and the documents actually mention three different videos, two that were done in Cabo and one in Santa Barbara. And he says that Kris Jenner handpicked the one that she thought I, I don't, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. You know, the rest of the sentence. So Ray J did say that Chris, well, no, he never said that Chris made a deal with Vivid, though, which is who distributed. But he says that Kim's fingerprints are all over that original contract for the tapes and has her writing on it. So interestingly enough, Vivid CEO Steve Hirsch has said he bought the tape from a third party, but he was never more specific about that. Obviously, my mind goes to that third party being Chris Jenner. But Steve Hirsch did say we are very confident in our legal position. And in California, the people in the tape have to sign off on an image or videos distribution. The eyebrows are being raised. According to TMZ in an email obtained from Vivid Entertainment head Steve Hirsch, the video almost made $1.5 million in sales in the first month alone. I've been seeing this stuff about OnlyFans. And I know that this is 15 years later. And I have no, absolutely no experience with OnlyFans. Never downloaded the app. I only know what I hear about it. But I know somebody that is making like a million dollars on OnlyFans. And she's posting boxing pictures. Like, what? Do I need to take a boxing? I said to somebody the other day, I'm like, this woman that I know is making a million dollars in a year. Like, I don't want to have morals anymore. I want to have money. And I want to make a million dollars a year on OnlyFans. I can't make boxing content because I'm not um, athletic. 
But let me think about it. Feet pics? Maybe. Ray J went on to say that their deal, the deal was that they each would receive $400,000 plus 12.5% of the profits each. 12.5% of $1.5 in sales in one month. You do the math because I can't do the math. In Chris's defense, her signature was not shown anywhere on the contracts. And the CEO of Vivid Entertainment, Stephen Hirsch, backs that part of the story up by saying Jenner had no role in the sale. What do we think Ray J is going to do next? Hmm. I saw a TikTok somewhere that said he would go on Call Her Daddy. Honestly, I'd be here for it. I would watch it. Wouldn't you watch it? Imagine Ray J does a sit down interview with like Barbara Walters. <laughs> I would watch it. Okay, moving on to this week's deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at work and P talks, I open up the floodgates for you. What is it that you want to know more about? What do you want to talk at length about? And I got to be honest, I didn't open up the deep dive submissions this week because I was supposed to have a guest on for this deep dive, which is going to be about part one of the Bachelorette finale. But some things got changed around. And hopefully they're going to be joining me next week where we will discuss part two. So this week's deep dive comes to us from Morgan. Hi, Morgan. It's Morgan from Willoughby, Ohio. I would love to do a deep dive about part one of the Bachelorette finale. We could do Bachelor predictions, what you think is going to happen with Rachel and Tino and Gabby and Eric. As always, love you like a sis. Morgan, thank you. I love you like a sis. Always have, always will. Let's get into it. All of the things. So we start where we left off, and that is with Zach's conversation with Rachel in Mexico, where he ends up self-eliminating because he knows something fell off. I mean, Jesse Palmer, bro, what's the deal? He really overhyped that conversation. He was like, you in the next week need to go get an oxygen tank before you watch this conversation that is about to happen between Zach and Rachel, because your peanut brains will not be able to comprehend the life changing conversation that is about to take place. And it literally was just like, I think I'm going to leave. Really? Jesse Palmer. Really? I mean, their fantasy suite did not go well at all. And then Rachel comes back in to Tino and Avon and is like, Zach decided to self-eliminate because he knew I was going to send him home. Like Rachel looks like she could care less that Zach has gone home. And meanwhile, he's like crying in the limo. You know what I love about the live finales? I love the little boxes on the bottom of the screen where they have to watch themselves back. I feel like it gives everything away and watching Rachel Watch Zach cry. She was like, ugh, can we just move on? All right. Like you could tell she was just not here for it. And Zach and Rachel's hot seat moment. You know what it reminded me of when you have to email a coworker and you're like, hey, a million exclamation marks. No pressure if you can't. But would you be able to maybe look at this for me by the end of the day? Again, if you can't, totally cool. 
thank you so much. And then they respond and they're like, Hey, wow. Thank you. No worries at all. I'm a little busy today, but I, I will try my best. Like re no problem. And you're back and forth. Oh, no worries. Oh, no problem. Oh, take your time. Oh, thank you so much. A million exclamation marks are flying all over the place. When really all you want to say to your coworker is shut up. No, I'm not doing it. Same vibe from Zach and Rachel's hot seat moment. Where the whole time they're like, no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. When really like, Zach, you said that Rachel was putting on a front. And she was like a different person in front of the cameras. You do not go from that to being like, oh, no worries. No worries. Just a little, little miscommunication. So I don't know. I think that both Zach and Rachel in that hot seat moment were both very conscious of how they were going to come across on TV. I mean, the whole thing was kind of lame in my opinion. They wanted to do damage control. Zach wanted to make sure that he was PC for calling Rachel fake. Rachel wanted to make sure that she didn't appear to be fake. But like, if Zach is saying that Rachel was somebody completely different or the whole relationship felt different once the cameras were there. Like, what else do you call that besides being fake? Now, I'm not saying that Rachel was being fake. Like I said last week, I think probably what happened was Rachel knew she wasn't going to pick Zach, so she wanted an easy out. So maybe she didn't want that overnight to go well. Isn't that being fake? I don't know. Honestly, I believe Zach's side of the story because, like I said, she did not care one bit. When he went home, she came back into that little plaza in Mexico where they're all literally drenched in sweat, smiling from ear to ear. And meanwhile, Zach is crying in the limo. So then we get to Avon meeting the parents. And I just, I feel bad for Avon. I'm not invested in his journey at all. And it's nothing that he did. I blame the Mentella. Because I did not watch it. That's when Avon's hometown was. We barely saw him up until that point. So I just feel no connection with their love story. And now we're supposed to believe that this was the biggest breakup of the season. Like, ABC, you are dropping the ball. And I think what this whole fight between Avon and Rachel, what it really boils down to are leads and contestants using the term are you ready for an engagement in two very different ways? Leads, when they say that, mean literally right now, get down on one knee, even though I don't know your middle name. Contestants mean in general, I'm at the stage in my life where I am ready to be engaged. Does that mean right now is the best moment for us? You get what I'm saying? And if I've said it before, I've said it a million times. Rachel wants to be the perfect bachelorette. We've done known this for ages. I've said it week after week after week. She wants to be engaged because that is the expectation that a bachelorette is supposed to have. I'm sure she's thinking, well, am I going to do people exclusives? Am I going to be doing press tours? Am I going to be whatever if I leave here single? Probably not. 
And it makes it worse that she's there with somebody else because what if Gabby and Eric walk away happily ever after and they get the people exclusive and they get all the brand deals and they get to be on Dancing with the Stars. Gabby is on Dancing with the Stars. Rachel is not, which is interesting because they both have dance backgrounds. Gabby a little bit more so. She was a Broncos cheerleader. But Rachel, I believe, was either on the dance team or the cheer team when she went to OU. So just something to think about. Um, The best relationship, I think, to come out of this season, all in all, is Gabby and her grandpa. Um, Everything else can just go. Although I do really like Gabby and Eric. I've come around to him a lot. And I also just have an appreciation for Gabby because I think she is one of the realest bachelorettes of all time. Her conversation with her aunt about everything that she's been through and her aunt encouraging her to, you know, show Eric every side of her. I was bawling, 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 tears, just flowing like a river. And then we get to Tino meeting Rachel's family and the whole vibe is just off. You know, it's just kind of weird. And in fact, that's the only point I have about Tino's date because we spent about five seconds Tino and Big Tony. And then the rest was about Avon. I'm just shocked. I'm so shocked that we did not we did not get more Avon throughout the season. To have this much drama surrounding him, and this is the first time that we've really even seen him is wild. At this point, Avon had not even told Rachel, I love you yet. Why would you want to get to get engaged to somebody who who hasn't even said I love you? He said I'm falling in love with you, and they make sure, dude. Like they go through the steps. You know, at the beginning, they're like, I could really see myself with you, and then midway through, they're like, I'm starting to fall for you, and then you you're rounding second base, going into third, and you're like, I'm falling in love with you. And then when you say, I'm in love, I mean, hello, get down on one knee. That's the way things go. And I mean, she's breaking down over even having a full on panic attack, which I'm not blaming her for because the situation is just absurd. You have nothing to do but to like spontaneously combust at any moment under those circumstances. But also she just told Tino that she loved him. It's just. It's just confusing. You know what I'm saying? It's confusing. And then the weirdest part about it all. And this is why when I saw this, I was like, Zach's right, dude. She is trying to play the part. She says bye to Avon after this dramatic breakup. And when she says bye, she has a huge smile on her face. Like, like grinning. I know you probably can't see me right now, but I am cheesy. She's like, oh, bye. I'm like, Rachel, what is going on? And I don't want to say that it's her, like I've said a million times, I don't want to say that it's her being fake. I This is not a personal attack against Rachel because I do like her and I have grace for people. I just think that she probably is super conscious about how she's coming across on TV and she wants to make sure that she comes across in a nice way. 
Okay, no spoilers, but I think you can tell that um, Gabby and Eric are still together because, like I said, the little box on the end of the screen, like anytime that Eric's on the screen, Gabby is just beaming. She's like, she's cheesing the same way that Rachel was when she um, had tears streaming down her face saying goodbye to Avon. Um, Okay, so for predictions, here they are. I think that Gabby and Eric are engaged and still together. I think Rachel and Tino obviously have some sort of explosive fight, which I'm not going to lie to you. I love it. I love it when the cameras get called three months after proposal day because it's about to hit the fan, you know, like Becca and Ari style, Hannah Brown and Jed Wyatt, the greats, the greatest of all times. Rachel and Tino might be up there. And Tino's dad still acting a fool on social media. We've talked about it at length on the podcast, even last week, I think. But like he said something, he said something this week, like get ready for the most dramatic and then put yawn season finale ever. Can't wait for this to be over. (laughs) Tino's dad hates Bachelor Nation. He, I think he might hate Rachel. That's just a joke, by the way. I don't want to be mean. I feel so bad. Okay. Anyways, um, that is my prediction. I don't think that Tino and Rachel are still together. Obviously something bad happens. And I think that Zach, the 25 year old will be your next bachelor. Show enough. And that's the deep dive. To wrap up this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I know it sucks. I record on Wednesday, so I have not watched the latest episode. So, My hot takes and opinions are subject to change once I watch this week's episode, but a lot of chatter last week about Beverly Hills, Erica Jane's blow up moment, Kyle being mean to Kathy. Speaking of Kathy, you are not going to believe I got an email this week from Kathy Hilton's team, and I was really hoping it would be here by now, but it's not. They're sending me a bottle of Casa del Sol. (laughs) Her team was like, we would love to send you a bottle of Kathy Hilton's tequila. And I was like, I don't want to tell them that I don't drink tequila because I'm not going to turn down some free promotional product. Somebody in the DM send me like a recipe because I'm clueless, honestly, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Casa del Sol and I hope it gets here before tonight's episode of Beverly Hills because I might need it. Um, so obviously the big moment in last week's episode was when Crystal and Garcelle cracked Erica and she went ballistic saying that the only person that Kyle should care about is her. The only person that she cares about is herself. I mean, full on in defense mode and I think what I was more surprised about during this episode was not so much Erica's um, pop off because, you know, we saw the trailer. We kind of expected that this was coming. I was more surprised at Kyle in a good way. And I'm like, oh, God, Kyle, please, please, for the love, for once, give the people what they want and stand up to Erica Jane. Garcelle and Sutton do a great job. Crystal, even last episode, did a great job. But we need someone like Kyle Richards, the ring leader, to finally go against the grain. Dorit will not. Rinna definitely will not. So our only hope is Kyle Richards. And I cannot wait to see how the rest of that plays out. A lot of people in that last episode, though, were drawing comparisons to the way that Kyle 
was treating Kathy. So the way that Kyle used to treat her other sister, Kim Richards, when she was on the show. I think it's easy to be snarky with your sisters. You know, you fight for five seconds and then two minutes later, you're good. I mean, even before I recorded this podcast, I was biting my tongue. I was about to send a very mean text message to my own sister because we're fighting. I was going to say we're always fighting. We're not always fighting. But anytime that someone else needs us to do something like our parents, like watch the dog or drive them to the airport, we're always like, why don't you ask your other daughter? She does nothing. Like literally, we say that about each other all the time. and. That's what happened. My mom needs someone to take her to the airport at 3 a.m. Okay. On my day off, I get up at 5 a.m. every day. Please let me sleep. And my mom was like, well, your sister said, Morgan, she doesn't do anything. Like, okay, I'm tangenting. My sister probably doesn't even listen to this podcast, but I restrained myself from sending that text to my sister because at the end of the day, I love her. And I believe that at the end of the day, Kyle loves her sister, Kathy, and that Kathy loves her sister, Kyle. The jury's still out, though, on, you know, who's being mean to who. I will reassess once we see the big fight. We've been hearing a lot about this Aspen trip and how it goes sideways with Kathy Hilton. I don't know if Kathy's to blame. I don't know if Kyle's to blame, but we will surely find out. Back to Erica. I have always maintained the position when it comes to Erica. I don't know if Erica is guilty of any crime. None of us know that kind of information at length. I mean, obviously, we know the headlines, but I'm not a lawyer. And I, if I'm reading a, a document that was written by a lawyer, nine times out of 10, I don't understand a word that's on that paper. So I'm not going to pretend like I do. I would probably even go on to say that she didn't know what Tom was doing. I don't know that for sure. That's just my gut feeling because now that I'm, you know, soon to be married, any financial responsibility that David can take care of because he's better at it, I let him do it. And I don't even look, I mean, we're not millionaires, so who knows if it's different, but I've seen a little bit of a difference in myself when it comes to my position on that. The issue that I have had with Erica this whole time and will continue to have with Erica is that, okay, maybe she didn't know in the moment what was happening, but now she does know and she still gives narcissist. She still gives sociopath. She does not give sympathy at all. And it's like Kyle said, if it were Kyle, if it were me, if it were you, you would probably put out some kind of statement saying how horrified you were. You would show compassion and say, please bear with me. This is going to be a long journey, but trust me, like I'm just as heartbroken as anybody. And Erica instead is just like hissing at people. Like, even she, she's like growling at Crystal. Her lip, I can't even do it. I'm trying to. She she was like, literally, like, it reminded me of Scar on The Lion King, she, where Scar's got his claws in Mufasa, and they're at the top of Pride Rock. And he's like, I don't remember what he says, but he's like, I'm evil. And then he pushes Mufasa off. That's what I feel like Erica Jane does to everybody. She's in defense mode. And you know, Erica, she wants to talk about facts, facts, facts. Where's the facts? 
the facts are that she benefited from Tom their whole entire marriage. That's a fact. And Kyle's like, you know, I, you know, you're a, a victim in your own way. She's like, no, I'm a wife in ruins, which is also another way to say a victim, by the way. And and it's like, you're in ruins, bro. You're on a Bravo TV show. You're in Aspen. You flew there on a private jet. It's not yours, but you bragged about flying on a private jet before in that confessional. You have the bags, you have the clothes, you have the jewelry. You are far from a wife in ruins. Are you under a little bit of stress? Sure. Are you under a lot of pressure? Sure. But ruins? I mean, we all know who's really left in ruins. The kids who lost their parents on a Lion Air flight and then had all their settlement money stolen from them. Like, let's not get it twisted. And I did see in an interview somewhere that Kyle finally confronting Erica made Erica kind of take a second look at herself, take a look at what she was saying, how she was feeling, how she was acting. So I hope to the sweet baby Jesus above that we get a change in tune. I also saw some people discussing this argument online about how or why does Erica Jane still have fans? Because, Honest, I'll be I'll be 100% with you. If Erica has had shown any type of compassion, sympathy, emotion in general, I would still probably be inclined to be a fan of Erica. But she's just not showing us any good sides of herself, but I do think that Erica still has fans because she caters to those fans. She panders to those fans. She's in their DMs. She interacts with them. And when you and I'm speaking from experience, when you have a blue check mark in your DM, you tend to take up for them more often than you would somebody who doesn't notice you. Just just being real. The reunion also taped last week. Kyle and Lisa Renna had the first seats. Why? I have absolutely no idea. It's got to be because of the social media stuff with Lisa Renna. Although I think that's dumb. Like since when is seating arrangements at reunions based on what happens after, not even on the show. Lisa Renna was edited out of the whole first portion of the season and she's getting the first seats. Kyle too. Like what has her storyline been other than this past episode? What has Kyle done? I mean, it should be Sutton. But everyone's heads would have exploded if that happened. I mean, overall, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it hasn't been the greatest season, but it is getting juicy. So TBD on that Casa del Sol tequila. It might have honestly been a spam email and somebody just really like jipped me. I don't know, but we will see. That does it for this week's MPT. But I do got to tell you guys something. Next week is a special episode. It's special and I'm excited for it. And I can't tell you why no Bravo liberties are coming on. Um, but it is a very dear episode to my heart next week. And you'll have to tune in to find out why. Please be sure to give us a little review, a rating, a little five stars. It helps tremendously. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week and we'll see you back here next week for another MPT. Love you like a sis. Huda Media Production.